I'm looking up at my 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 mentor, the Wizard of Agile, the guy that has this wonderful hat on, <laughs> with the additional cranial. I mean, you have more cranial. You have twice the cranial capacity that I do. <laughs> Welcome to our not intro intro. That's right. If you listen to episode 183, you heard us talk about we're going to unpickle ourselves and we're not going to have a long intro. I just gave you a long intro for that. But what's happening right now is we're going to give you the one thing that you're going to be able to walk away with from this episode. And that is you likely have one trick. You likely are a one trick pony. When a problem arises, you probably solve it the same way every time. This episode shows you how not to do that. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. Yeah, and he's on point. I'm on point. As he says. I'm laser focused. Oh my God. I am. Like a laser beam. Listeners, like what, listeners, what was that movie? Listen, laser beams. Th- this is my fault. We We were going well. We were... On target, then I said one thing, and whew, off the tracks we go. What was that? Uh, Austin Powers. Austin Powers, yeah, yeah. What was it? Sharks with Sharks laser with, yeah, beams. Yeah. Yes. That's the worst Dr. Evil I know, impression I know, ever. I know, I know, I know. I can't help it. I can't help oh, it. Gosh. Okay, so today's topic. Bob's a little fired up about something. Well, I I mean, I, I from a coaching point of view, and you and I were talking about it pre-Metacast, mm-hmm. um, what, what, what I see in the coaching, and and there's a go forward nature. So I'm not whining about the past. I'm I sort of have a dream for the future. Oh, is I see too many coaches that are what I call like one trick pony coaches or one tool in their tool set coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see a lot of them nowadays. And I've ranted about this a little bit online. I ranted about it to the Scrum Alliance because of our certifications. So professional coaching, for example, uh, is this notion where you ask powerful questions. And there's a trend in the coaching community nowadays where um, a lot of coaches, that's all they do. So the only tool, so if you needed coaching, Josh, the only tool that they would bring to the plate would be asking you powerful questions. Um, and, and then you, to help you discover answers and things. And that's, that's a fair coaching stance or tool, but it's not always appropriate, but they're not situationally aware. Mm-hmm. So, so it's these folks that, um, that they just, they have that unique strength. It's not even a strength sometimes. I right. think the fact that they're not, they're situationally unaware is a, is a real weakness, but I'm I'm ranting against that, and I'd like to have more more tools in our in our toolbox okay. as coaches. Yeah, uh, and we need to like sharpen the saw when it comes to that. So, have you ever encountered like a one a one trick pony or a one trick anything scrum master or something? Have you seen that phenomenon one? Yeah, and then how do we break it? I want to sort of leap forward. What do we do to break that? So the thing that pops into my head is. Is it just a lack of experience or, or lack of confidence or something? Because you think about learning, doing something like you, like you figure one thing out 
and you're like, oh, okay, this works, so I'll just keep doing it. But then you eventually learn that doesn't solve all of the things, so you have to add another tool to that tool belt. But I think I there's like an experiential so often, flavor. Yeah. But, for example, a professional coaching, I know CECs, so mm-hmm. certified, Scrum Certified Enterprise Coaches, mm-hmm. which is their most mature. I'm a CEC, so it's a high bar. Yeah, and I know coaches that are in that space as CECs, mm-hmm. and uh, their only tool is professional coaching stance, which is always asking. So that's all they do, mm-hmm. right? Or all they seem to be comfortable with. They're not comfortable getting out of that stance, and they might have twenty years of experience coaching or fifteen years of experience. Right. They have an advanced coaching cert, even coaching professional coaching outside of the agile, right? So, yeah. so I think it's an experience thing. But what I was poking at there is I don't think it's like I only have two years of experience, yeah, so I okay. lean on a tool. Right. There are folks who've had 15 years of coaching who could have learned. <laughs> Clearly, they had the time to learn other tools, but they chose to sort of go deep in one area. Uh, and that's their that's a choice that they're making. Uh, and I don't know why they make that part comfort zone. Uh, part, they I'm sure they've had some traction with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've seen it be ineffective. I've talked to a lot of leaders, uh, and you know, I want to see what you, how you react to this. The, I, the last thing I think leaders in general want is someone to ask them. I hire a coach. I ask yeah, that coach yeah, to yeah, come yeah, in yeah, to help yeah, me, yeah. and all that coach. And and literally, I've gotten, I've talked to leaders who've had some of these coaches come in that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and their heads exploded. They were like, all they did was ask me questions. Yeah. And they didn't help me at all. So yeah. they didn't switch. Their, and again, I'm not anti-question. I'm pro-flexibility, like having the ability to to switch and, and move into another tool, like an advisory. So switch from que- professional coaching mm-hmm. to become an advisor mm-hmm. or become a partner or become a mentor or something like that. Have the ability to, to, to switch and get some skin in the game. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this in the past with when you're in a coaching slash consulting gig, you've got a super limited time frame, And I don't feel like you have the time to play the question game. Like I, I am sure there will be a moment where like, there's one poignant question that you ask, but they're paying for you to be there for a limited amount of time. And they're expecting bang for the buck. And it, and you might walk away saying, Hey, I challenge them. I ask them the questions. They're now thinking about it. They're going to discover it on their own. They're going to get there. But what they are paying for, what they're expecting, and what will get you that return gig is if you walk away and they're like, got it. Okay, right. I've got clarity. I know things we're going to go do right now. Not I have to go ponder for another month to figure this out. You are looking for help. And I think back to the shuhari thing. Yep. There are so many times where we coach at the wrong level when people need that shoe level coaching, very prescriptive. This is something that I know when I was growing up, I screwed up all the time. I was trying to coach everybody at the, at the re level when in reality, like people were begging for prescriptive advice of how to go do a thing like Josh, I've got to go do this tomorrow. Right. And it's cool that you want to coach me to get me there, but like, I don't have time to get there. I need to be there tomorrow and like at 9 a.m. and ready to rock and roll. I, I think it's experience and and 
Shuhari is this nice sort of metaphor mm-hmm. to capture that. I was, as you were talking, I was also thinking about like just not focusing on coaching because I think it's a general challenge in the yeah. agile community. Like the scrum master who always uses story points mm-hmm. and forces right. a team yeah, to yeah, use yeah. story points. Or an agile leader who, I don't know, in order to motivate the team, they always jump up in front of their team mm-hmm. and talk about a World War II battle or something. Yeah. Or, or what, what is what is the uh, the famous Notre Dame, uh, Newt Rock? Yeah. They always put on a Newt Rockney pitch. Yeah. Right. And and that's their that's just their way. Hey, listen, don't pick on people that revert to football. I know, cliches and, 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 Newt, and Newt Rockney. But but my point is that's every time. Yeah. like the team yeah, yeah, is yeah. like, oh, yeah. the team's like, oh shit, here yeah. comes Newt. Yeah. Right here it's, we go. It's the eyes Newt, roll. People it's turn Newt, off. It's yeah. a Newt moment. Yeah, and that's the only tool in their toolbox for motivation for some reason. So I would I would argue that experience is a part of it. Mm-hmm. But I've seen folks revert to that. Maybe stubbornness is a part of it, or you know, it's my comfort zone. I'll yeah, it's, yeah. It's my go-to space is maybe a part of it. Like I, you know, I've seen this in Scrum Masters. I've seen yeah. it in product owners. A, a user story needs to look like this. They so it's not even just leaders. Like everybody, it's everyone. Everyone. It's it's what it's this one trick pony itis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's related to our pickling episode a little bit it's sort of maybe it's a narrow slice of pickling yeah uh but in pickling you were unaware right you were unaware of what the brine was doing to you mm-hmm. if you remember mm-hmm. in this case i actually what 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 pisses me off what oh what, no what is no no we're, up, we're choosing yeah we're making we're making a conscious choice the leader I, oh, oh! I don't. I don't think it's always conscious. Really, I don't. I. I think there are times. I. I think it's actually more, subconscious. Ub. I just said subconscious. <laughs> you did say subconscious. <laughs> that may come back to ub, ub haunt you. <laughs> what is that? Well, we're making up words now. This is twenty twenty one, and we yeah, can all get it is. But I. It feels more pickled. It's almost like you've gone on autopilot. And you stopped pushing and challenging yourself. I could, so yeah, I could buy that. But you hit the autopilot button. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Okay. So a moment in the past two years popped up into my mind, and it brought me to: Is it a lack of courage to try something different? Because I had just joined Storable, and I was helping in Agile in all the directions. And there's a team in Kansas City who was doing sprint reviews different than I had ever seen them before. And I was talking to the scrum master and she was like, Josh, I I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you how we do our sprint reviews. Cause I think you're going to hate it again. Like that was setting the stage for like, this isn't the traditional way. Yep. So like, you're not going to like it. Yep. And she explained it to me. And what they do is at the end of the week, um, because I do sprints on a week by week basis, the, the team has a Slack channel. And they write up, hey, this is what we did. They post videos where they walk through. They actually demo all of the things. And my first reaction was like, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. That's horrible. Then I, like, hit the pause button and asked her a few questions. And what she showed me over the previous weeks is the dialogue that it generated because Slack was such a more safe place for Uh people. And there were comment threads and 
sales folks were jumping in and they knew end of the week, I can go here. I see what's coming. They ask questions. Well, what about this? How does this work? And then the developers react and respond and everybody can see it. And I came back like a week later and I said, Jessica, this is fantastic. Like it might not be right for everywhere, but I like you nailed the purpose of what the sprint review is about. You were able to show this is what we did. This is where we're going in as a consumable manner as possible. You didn't just keep doing the thing of we're all going to show up in a room yep. and we're going to complain that nobody's there. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody's asking questions, all those things. But she had the courage to lead the team to a different spot. But, so curiosity. Yeah. So curiosity in your case broke. You could have reacted yeah. as a one trick pony. Yeah. Right. You were in a role where mm-hmm. you could have said, I don't like that. That's not the right way to do it. Right. And not listened. And and you could have influenced and she would have probably changed it and everyone would have been okay with it, maybe not liked it. Right. But you showed curiosity and you listened. And you were situational. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe a way to and you were uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah, my my gut reaction is like, oh, this is this feels bad. So you got through discomfort, yeah. and I would have been un- equally uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I would have reacted probably even stronger than you did. Right. Initially, yeah, I would have come. I may have if I'm. I, I think I may have rounded <laughs> back and come <laughs> back to thoughtfulness. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it. But I probably would have had you know the same you know so the curiosity I think is a way to do that you also have the experience i think i am coming back to mm-hmm. experience you have the experience to be flexible or the mm-hmm. experience this the experimentation mindset mm-hmm. the curiosity plus experimentation or the you know let's just what's the worst that can happen right, right? let's try this yeah not everyone is in that mode i i i think it's doing us a disservice i see a lot of one trick pony items mm-hmm. uh I see a lot of comfort zone. I think it's experience. I think courage is a part. You mentioned courage mm-hmm. earlier. I think laziness is a part of it because you have to work hard to sharpen your saw. Yeah. Right. One of the reasons I, I sent myself to ORSC training is to sharpen my yeah, ability yeah. to ask those powerful right. questions. So I am not, I'm not saying they're not important. They are important. Mm-hmm. I've, I've become a better coach by focusing on that stance. But it, but, but the real thing for me, <laughs> but the real thing for me is is now by strengthening that stance it's also i'm not doing it as an individual tool i'm working i'm really working on my coaching tool belt mm-hmm. if you i have a model in mind there are some models and when i talk about strengthening myself i have a i have a broad toolbox model in mm-hmm. mind there's like an x-wing model there's a, there's a few different frameworks yeah, yeah, yeah. that talk about what is a well-rounded coach or what is a well-rounded scrum master or what is a re- well-rounded engineer and i i think a lot of folks maybe that's one of the reasons is there's not maybe there's a lack yeah. of a well-rounded framework definition or people if it does exist people are ignoring it and just going where they like what do you think so I've got friends and colleagues and listeners and viewers on Twitch that all that bring up all these frameworks that I've never heard of and they use them and they work fantastically for them. Those frameworks haven't taken hold with me. All those things that you rattled off, yes, I've seen them and I've read about them because people have pointed me in that in that direction. But that framework doesn't work for me. 
what I found that works for me is I've got this, well, I'm not sure it works. <laughs> we'll say it's what drives me is that I am just never happy with things. I feel like they can always be better. And that's my driver. There, there, there are other, most, most folks I think have a very logical, sensible framework that's driving them to discover all of these things. But mine is driven by this, like, I don't have a framework, just that's, we can do better there. Um, so I, I think most people fall in line with what you're saying, no, I but for me, you. it I doesn't wanna explore you. Yeah. I want to ask some Ooh, questions. Wow. This is, Oh, you're going to ask some, <laughs> some powerful, some powerful. No, okay. No, I mean, I want to, so when you started saying that, mm-hmm. I, I want you to start, I'm going to ask you, I want yeah. to invite you oh. to, to list things, but I want to start with insatiable. One observation I have of you mm-hmm. is insatiable curiosity. So mm-hmm. I actually think you have a, an internal framework. Mm-hmm. It's not defined. It's not yes, documented. Right, yeah, right, yeah. But there's, there's a set of patterns that, that make you up mm-hmm. and that you are not a one trick pony leader. Right. Right. So insatiable curiosity is one of them. What do you think some of the other attributes are? Uh, I, one of the things that so is never satisfied. Yeah. Talking yeah. About, yeah. Like, yeah, like I was trying to improvement. Right. Is that one of the things that was a hard lesson learned for me as a leader was that not everybody is as comfortable with, I am with basically zero celebration of what we've done good and just continually focusing on what we can get better at. That wears most people down. Okay. And I did a terrible job operating in that manner and bringing a team of like 70 people. I just beat them up mentally, right? It would unintentionally, but they were like, can we just have a freaking break? Yep. Can we celebrate something? I'm like, no, like we got all these things we got to fix. Let's go do it. It's like, and it finally took my wife who knows me best was like, dude, like you got to calm down. Like you got to realize that everybody works like that. So you got to. <laughs> That's okay. So not everyone looks like that. Not everyone like works that. like that. And it took my, my wife to point me out that, Hey, like, Hey, like we've talked yeah. about it. That's your sports. I'm, I'm asking, I'm not yeah. telling you, but I think that might be the sports background yeah. where it's not, I mean, there's celebration. There's sports, always another play, but there's always, there's always critique. Yeah. You can always get better in your yeah. position. Right. Right. And and that's probably a strong influence. So continuous improvement. I, I'm going to feed you stuff because yeah. I think you struggle with this. I'm going to observe. Yeah. I'm going to give you words Ooh. and you agree or disagree. You're not being a one-trick pony here? I, you started with powerful questions and you switched to observing? I, I switched because I, I find that I was, my sense was you were uncomfortable with self-discovery. So I'm going to try to help you. Well, it just might take me a little while to think of things. Okay. <laughs> so I can wait. So what would you, how would you prefer going? No, no. I'm saying keep going. Just like it so, might take so, a little, so, it's so, not a steel trap up there anymore. So humility. I, I think you're humble. Yeah. I think you have humble. You know, uh, yes and no. So. Yeah. Okay. I'll be quiet. I don't know. <laughs> React to that. I th- I think there's a sense of humility yeah. to you or egolessness or something that's part of your recipe for, for react to that. Yes. Y- yes. That is part of my recipe for leading is that I am not different. I am not separate. I am not above. I am like, we are in this together 
and I will the the first place I'll take cheap shots at are at myself, especially when leading. Um, but what I have also learned is that there are times where I've got to turn that off, and I've got to crank up the leadership. Right, get behind me. Here we go. I've but got gotcha. you. Situation on this, right? You just what yeah. you articulated there, Josh. Though right. is. When you say turn it on off, that's the situational. You're not one trick, right? Right, right. And I'm just trying to bring it into the theme of the Metacast, right? right? But the fact that you can say, I can I can notch it down and see, I can step back right, and let the team figure things out. Or I, I detect that I need to step in and I need to lead. Mm-hmm. That's part of that. And have, and have But it's not, it's not you driving that. It's not, I want to solve a problem. It's the team or the organization needs me. Yeah. That's the humility aspect. Anything else in your recipe for not one trick? Because I don't think you are. No, I think to help people out with with when I turn that off and on in a intimate setting, in a one-on-one, couple of people, maybe even a, a team, I dial the ego way back and the leadership way back. Right. When it's me in front of a microphone now on Zoom with – you know, 50, 60, 100, however many people, you've got to crank it up. You've got to lead. Right, right. At that point, the humbleness does no one any good in those moments. It's got to be, we've got it, here we go. And that's this this nature of yeah. not the one-trick pony. Yeah. You have to have the wherewithal and the experience. I mean, part of it is you have the experience to do that. Mm-hmm. Um I've thought about a new stance. I have a blog post Ooh. that I'm talking about, a new coaching stance. Right. And one of them is a um, a motivator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so a lot of times folks don't talk about the coach is so secondary to the relationship. But I think sometimes a role model. Mm-hmm. So I might call it a motivator or a role model where the coach is actually more of a sports coach to some degree, like really showing – and clearly I haven't played football, but I'm sure positional coaches sometimes would show you something. Mm -hmm. They have the ability to show you a blocking technique or something uh, that maybe because they did it 20 years ago or something, but they can at least, they can show uh, and it can be motivational. It's like, Holy crap. If this person is doing that, Mm -hmm. I, you know, if they can, if they can give that effort, I can give that effort as well. Uh, That's contrary to most coaching models is the fact that the coaches, is sort of leading the way for the coaching client. But I, I actually think occasionally the client may need that. They may need sort of a rallying cry or show them what it looks like or motivate them or, you know, sort of that. What do you, and, and, and that's, that's, but growing yeah. that. Yeah. So you look curious. I, well, I, my, my first, I'll take you where my mind went during that yeah, talk. Your, I'm curious as to where your <laughs> it mind was went. wandering. Uh, so it, I started thinking of the moments when, air quote, rolling up your sleeves and doing the work with the team, that always seems to be respected and appreciated. Yes. The Where I went is like, but yet I've seen people where like, they are a one-trick pony, and that's all they do. See, that's... Right. Exactly. And they don't like, hey, like, I'm with you, and I'm here, and it's like, well, but really, you're just like another developer. Yep. Like you're not, you're not making me better. You're not helping me grow. But boy, when, when, you know, when it starts flying, you're going to jump in and help, which is cool. But like, I need more than that. I need a leader to help take us and take me to wherever I want to go. So 
the thought that popped in my head was like, I've never seen an instance where that doesn't help, where that isn't a good thing to do, but then it, it, it went to, that's a very sharp sword that sometimes people choose to wield way too often. I would agree with you hundred percent. I, as you were talking, the notion of T-shapedness came into my head mm-hmm. and I wonder if what I'm saying is something around, I'd like to see how you react to it is in any of these cases, maybe it's better to be T-shaped in our thinking, like a T-shaped leader. Yeah. Where you have, like, I, I'm fine with someone having a strength area, mm-hmm. right? I'm a good motivator. I'm, I'm great at sitting down with the team. That's right. fantastic. Do that. But what are you doing to develop your, your T right. so that you are not, that's your one trick. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. the the eye of the T is your one trick. Right, what are you doing to broaden and widen that out? So becoming T shape, the metaphor of becoming T shape and developing that, we all have a responsibility. So I'll lay that out there. In the future, I think all of us have the responsibility to become more and more T shaped. Right, uh, and and get away from that one trickness. Does that resonate with you? It, so arguments I was having in my brain as you were saying that is. As a leader, should the stem of your T be... <laughs> no! Oh! Did you do that on purpose? Or was... I did, but I didn't time you... it with you taking a drink. Oh, like... my God. I almost <laughs> lost it. <laughs> Does the stem of your T... Well, Please, the eye of your T just sounded weird to me when you said that. Well, stem, stem is a step And I know you don't like the stem. I know you don't like It's okay. But you're just going to deal with it. All right. Does the stem of your T... Should the stem of your T be shorter... As a leader, and the top of the T, the breadth oh, of your T, I would buy that. Should that like should your stem shrink and your width grow? I would actually argue this for every role that we're talking. I want to general. I want to try to generalize it. I don't know if it. I don't oh, know if it lands wow. There. Okay, I would say as a developer, mm. like if I'm a mm. data centric uh, developer. Okay, I I knew I would. I, I knew I would get you to. <laughs> no, over time. Over time, okay, okay. Over time, five years, ten years, fifteen years. I start out as a back end developer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What is my role? What am I going to be in twenty five years in the future? I might become a manager. I might become this. Mm-hmm. So, 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 don't think of it in in the short term. Think of it like as a trajectory. Mm-hmm. So, I would say the scrum master trajectory, product owner trajectory, leader trajectory. Anyone trajectory. What what should using the T shape metaphor? I might buy that we the stem we reduce the stem a little bit. I'm not saying how much. Yeah, but but we so a leader to me would almost want to create a box, mm-hmm. right? A leader maybe with. <laughs> I can't stand it. <laughs> this is gonna be. Good. I can't stand- <laughs> I'm quite up in the damn stem. I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Metacasters, I'm like, my hands are moving and I'm drawing pictures of See, stems this is why in the we air. Need video. I know. Yeah. I just, I just, I, but do you understand what I'm saying though? I, yeah. I, I think like a developer, for example, yeah. who becomes an architect, they'd still have a stem, but they might reduce it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing is really becoming very T-full. Like, mm-hmm. I need to be able to articulate. I need to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to negotiate. Mm-hmm. I need to have the courage to negotiate. I need to lead. 
or I need to be able to sell my ideas. Yeah. Right. So I'm developing a different tea. So leaders, I think it's going to become more balanced. I, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I would draw it in. I would become more balanced. But it still has strengths. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to have go-to spots. Yeah, totally. I'm, I hope I'm not coming off that way. Yes, have a go you know, have strength areas and have go-to areas, but have more of them mm-hmm. than just the one. So anything, anything else you want to? <laughs> you know, Bob, you're making this episode, so we have to do a lot of. I'm sorry, editing. You're Met- Metacasters. I've created work for Josh in the editing process, and <laughs> I am truly, I am, I'm, I, am, I apologize. Uh, so, one thing I want to be careful of because I feel like this happens a lot is someone listens to a podcast or reads an article, watches a video, consumes some sort of content from uh, people that they respect. Okay. And there's what I call an over-rotation. So I want to highlight the things that Bob said around a little bit. The stem, like don't go and chop your stem in half. All right. Maybe maybe it should 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 shrink. <laughs> Bob has lost it. <laughs> this, will become, this will become known as the STEM episode. What what? I'm just I can't. I and it's not you. It's me. I, well, <laughs> it's, I'm just losing it. I am open for so. An, so I want. I you had an important idea, and I'm trying not to interrupt. It yeah. please continue. Yeah, just that. just. Be intentional and don't over-rotate on this like, oh my gosh, like I have to stop being the company's leading expert in SQL and now become all of these things. It should be, as Bob said, over the long haul, I should aspire to make these small but important changes. I think it's a long-term arc. Yeah. Because I'm being so, – so, and I mean when I say long-term arc, quarters and years. Mm-hmm. Not months and days or yeah. weeks or anything like that. It, it's going to take you time. But but like I was saying, there's a lot of one-trick ponies in the world. Yeah. Right? And and they've had they've had a long time to un-one-trick themselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't see them doing that. Um, the other thing is look around. Uh, like be self. Look at, look, you know, maybe mentoring. Find people who are doing it and be curious about people who are doing it and look at why they're doing it. Uh, the what's in it for you. So part of it is find the what's in it for you to yeah. do that, to to reduce your STEM or to change your STEM, you know, to, to change your T dynamics. There has to be a what's in it for you and what's in it for the organizational aspect too. So find that. Yeah. So I'm not just saying doing it, do it because Bob Galen said so, mm-hmm. right? It has to make sense within your career trajectory, Within your context, I think you look you look uh, thoughtful. What do you, what do you want to say? I'm I'm again, metacasters. Somehow we have to find a way to insert you into my brain so you can hear all the arguments that happen with myself as we record one of these. One of the things I think we're doing, and I think is inaccurate, is that we're saying if you're a one trick pony, you're wrong. The question in my mind is. Ah, Can there be a place? Is there a place in an organization of any kind for a one trick pony? Or do you look at the person that's the member of your team and say, okay, 
that person's a one-trick pony, and they're not choosing to evolve in the direction that I think they should go, no. but they want to live in the spot. Be- and again, I have done this myself. I have had engineers that I tried to make something different than what they wanted to be, and they came to me and said, "Like, would you stop trying to make me an architect or stop trying to make me a manager? I, I just, I just want to write JavaScript. I love it. I'm happy." It's it it's it's what you know makes my day. Just let me so, do my thing. So I love the fact that you brought that up, and I like that you're challenging this for the Metacasters because mm-hmm. it's an important distinction. Welcome to our diversity and inclusion minutes. It is 2021. We are going to continue to drive change, Bob and Josh, and you. Oh Our faithful gosh. listeners. We oh my are, gosh. This is it, yeah. I love you are you are man, you are sweet talking. <laughs> you are, no, you are because there's so much I was whining in the last episode a little bit. So Medicasters, I, I haven't really done any change other than you know, in the last in the interval. Uh so I have nothing to report except, you know, a hope going forward in twenty twenty one that we maintain momentum. But you drove some pretty serious change for a while. So like, let's not not celebrate that. That's right. A double negative people. I did it, and I chose to deal with it. So uh, in the last episode, uh, I talked about how there was someone I was introduced to at GitHub who is a part of their diversity and inclusion. So I wanted to give people an update. And the one thing, carrying that that, uh, theme forward, the one thing that I walked away with that was kind of disheartening was she explained to me, because she's been studying this for quite a while, is that as the large companies publish their diversity numbers, if you look across the industry, the net change is zero. It is diversity goes up in one company because it goes down in another because people have been hired away. And what she said, the problem is, which was like a total gut punch to me, was that the issue is we are not generating new diverse employees, net, net new. The number of folks coming in equal the number of folks leaving. And she said people are leaving not just because of retirement, but because they're tired of fighting the fight and being in a non-inclusive, non-diverse world. So they're opting out and going to work somewhere else where they can. So the ultimate issue is we need to work on the two ends of the spectrum. We need to continue doing what we're talking about, which is increasing diversity and inclusion within our companies to make it a place where people want to stay, want to be, and are excited. And we need to continue doing all the things to generate a more diverse employee base going forward. Those are the two things that we're doing. Her point was, it's not about your hiring practices. It's not. It is about, are you a diverse company? Can you show that? Can you prove that to people? When that happens, Problems are solved. Right. It's not that you're not looking in the right spots, that you're not doing the right things during the recruiting process, during the sourcing process, all of that. Like you're you're doing that well. It's people look at your company and go, Nope, that's not where I want to be. And then you're also not doing the stuff at the very front end, which is encouraging, supporting, growing the talent that's coming into our 
industry. So that, so that was one of those things like, okay, that is terrible. Um, like how do we go, how do we go change that? So there's a continuing dialogue that we're having that I'll continue to share, but that was an eye opener for me that it unfortunately remains net, net zero as far as change goes. Do you remember that young, I forget her name and I apologize. Uh, but we talked, we both talked to her. Mm -hmm. She has a local company that focuses on safe and scaling. Mm -hmm. God, I forget her name. But she approached us. Uh, she was inspired by our diversity post. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about getting involved in colleges mm -hmm. and getting involved in schools and uh, presenting agile and motivating, you know, basically sort of starting at the front of the line. Right. Uh, maybe between now and the next, not maybe, I'll reach out to her. Well, uh, it can't be a maybe because here's what I committed to my oh, new right. friend at GitHub is that we would use our platform to promote voices of diversity yeah. because we talked about in the speaking world, in conferences, content generation that I said, wait, wait a minute. Like, um, I have a platform where we can reach a ton of people. So maybe one of the things we could do being yeah. the Metacast is continuously highlight voices of diversity. Ah, so please do that. And then I love we'll do the, that. I'd love this. Let's get back to the episode, but this is a night. I'm like, I came in sad and not having anything to report and I'm leaving super energized, Josh. Thank yeah, you. You bet. I am saying it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And let me quote, I, I think one trick pony isms is bad. Um, for, uh, if you want to grow. So, so people can choose. People, we've talked, I remember I talked about Joan, who was a project manager at EMC in a, Metis, in a Metacast years mm -hmm. and years ago. And Joan would complain incessantly about her role and not being expanded, but she would never do anything about it, mm -hmm. right? She, she, she was, Joan was essentially a one-trick pony, uh, but she didn't want to be a one-trick pony. She, she didn't like mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. uh, it and and she wasn't getting promoted. So the so it's not just you. It's you're not making yourself flexible so that you so the business so your leaders can look at you and say, oh, like Josh, you just recently moved from technology to product. Mm -hmm. Somehow along the way, you expressed in your T, you expressed the ability to do product. You right. weren't a product person, but you had enough maybe inklings of it where they're, oh, I wonder if Josh could do that. Mm -hmm. And then someone asked you to do that, and that became a role for you. Mm -hmm. I, stop me if I get it anything wrong. That's essentially, yeah. That's right? True. So, but that, you didn't, but that was the flexibility there. So what I'm saying is, I'm saying it's if you want to, if you want to grow, if you want to be valued in most organizations, the more flexible you are, the more you'll open opportunities for growth and other things you'll you'll be more valuable to your team communication if i'm a back-end developer and mm -hmm. i'm an introvert and i just am uncomfortable right. with conflict if i open up forget the technology t that's open up the ability to share my thoughts t mm -hmm. if i increase that i will improve the value yeah. to my team yeah right uh, that may even be some conflict i may improve the value to my business in the products we deliver uh, by by closing my mouth, I'm not, and that would improve. And people will then start looking at you in a different mm -hmm. way. It's mm -hmm. Bob is not just a back end. So if you want to be viewed that way, but but my feeling is most folks 
are not, they're sort of comfortable, but they also sort of want influence. They sort of want this and they sort of want that. Then I think you have to become more T-shaped. Yeah, I think, and I don't have a better answer. I think grow is the wrong term because what I heard when you said that is growth to you meant moving up in the organization. No, no. Okay. No, opening up. It could be up. It could be out. Uh, so I am not predicting, but I'm saying find something in yeah. the, find something that you're curious about, mm-hmm. right? I don't care what it is. So if I'm a, a developer, then move, do some other development, become yeah. a t, do some testing, play around with some cucumber, yeah. help the. T- yeah, I don't care. Okay, I got you. I don't care, but don't be a one trick pony. Yeah. Okay. So and and go with what and and please let me be clear. Yeah. You don't do it because the organization is. You do it. So do what you love, but don't fall in love with a narrow silo. Yeah. Right? Find something else that you can love, that you can be passionate about, and become more T-shaped. Right. But you drive that, not what your boss says, not what the organization says, because you'll be successful if you're doing what you love. Right. Okay. So I, I agree with you as long as we agree on the definition of one trick pony, which I think goes back to what you started this with. I think I, I, I muddied the water a bit, but if, if we go back to the definition of a one trick pony of, I do this one thing, this one way all the time, no matter what, I'll close my eyes and do it and right. I'll do it well, but like, that's, that's all I'm going to do. Like then you're I don't right. Think, I'm, what that, I'm trying that, to say in the Medicare yeah. we're influencers. Yeah. We're change. I mean, I'm trying to help people. I, I'm not judging that. Do that if you want to. Mm-hmm. Joan was fine, but, but realize that that narrowness is not, is at some point it's going to limit you right in, in your universe. Right. Well, and he, and here's why it limits one. Because the industries we live in, the world we live in, changes so freaking fast. That's what I'm saying. That if you do one thing one way, maybe that one thing is not needed anymore because it's automated or it's been solved or whatever. There's a new framework. Or it was a stupid idea. I mean, five years from now, right? It's. It was a good idea today. Yeah. It's a stupid idea five years from now. Right. Right. But I'm still stuck in doing that. So absolutely. Right. And and there is also this notion of, and again, I'm talking about internal discovery, but freeing yourself to like be an experimenter mm-hmm. within the areas that you want to experiment. Like your, your sort of insatiable curiosity, mm-hmm. bring, bring that mm-hmm. to to every Metacaster should have a nugget of that somewhere and then activate their T-shapeness in some fashion. That's right. what I'm encouraging, right? right? Okay. Is be curious. Okay. Don't be stuck. And gotcha. there's too much of that. I see that. I, I don't I don't know if you, I, maybe I see it more than you do. I see it in agile coaching a lot, mm-hmm. but I see it everywhere. A lot of leaders. I see a lot of leaders. Yeah. Uh, and you know what's weird? The ones that are curious or flexible or T-shaped stand out because they're so rare. Yeah. It's like the majority. It's, it's so, so you see the, like the diamonds in the rough. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing is it makes you visible. Yeah. Right? So people can't help but pay attention because I think the commonality is sort of this narrowness of view. But, but again, I'm not trying – I'm trying to inspire people, not judge them. 
So it's go forward. Mm-hmm. Don't look back and judge yourself and say, I was a, I was this. Bob Galen said I was that. I don't care about what you were. I, I'm trying to inspire you to, to like sort of sit down. It's a new year mm-hmm. and just think about the future and think about you and be reflective and see if you want to make some adjustments. You just wrap it up. Like it was, you, I was hope you put a bow on it. Did I you even put a tag? It I was think like so. Two listeners from Bob. Just nice. Just, just adjust. Just yeah. pivot if you want to. But it's got to start inside out. Would you agree with? Without a doubt, it's an inside out job. You have to decide. Don't listen to other folks. You mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. All right. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, mm-hmm. I'm Bob Gamble, and I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all. <laughs>